Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, y'all? There's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting us this month and every month at patreon.com slash comic book club. Kicking it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amy, Gon- Amy Gonzalez. <laughs> Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Brett Macras. Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Corby Dorby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. <laughs> Depend Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Morphesis. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Danny Ali. Dennis Scott. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVillier. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jason Williams. Jolene. Jolene. There you go. Uh, John George. Jonathan Chong. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxon. Catherine Anison. Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Clodrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Lee Brown. Leewana Thomas. Lucas Inc. Mark Carillo. Uh, Mark Zeller. Megan Thigpen. Mike D'Argentino. Mike D'Argentino. Mike D'Argentino. <laughs> Mitchell McDonald. Nadia C. Nick Grayson. <laughs> Omnia Solar. Oren Dix. Oh, Pedro A. Rangel. <laughs> I think it's Rangel. Perry Taliaferro. Pete's Punisher Slippers. Please vote Biden. Primetime Holly G. Joe Biden <laughs> dropping in to. <laughs> well. I just want you to support the Patreon. Uh, Rev Mikey. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Tamalia Rush. The 12 Bench. Victor Perez. W. Blaine. Will Buchanan. And Zika's Viral Comics, thank you so thank much you. for supporting our show and our shows. And also, thank you for letting us mangle your names. Thank you. And now, enjoy the live show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And you are watching us live here on the internet, or maybe you're listening to us. I don't know. I don't know which one's going on necessarily. I can't speak for you. Get off the jock. You know what I'm talking about? 
Whoa. That's right. Anyway. Dinks out, dinks out. <laughs> Our standard rule. Let's do it. That's what we always say. We have a packed shoot for you, but I wanted to say hello, of course, to the folks watching on Crowdcast. Hello to everybody there. If you got any questions for us, we'll be getting those later in the show, so go to ask a question of them there. If you're around the tube on the old YouTube, keeping an eye on that. Uh, you all are awesome as well. But in the comments section, I will read those off on the live show. And also, if you want to give us a little thumbs up on YouTube, we always appreciate that. Uh, but first of all, Justin, welcome back from your travels hey! in Los Angeles. Look who remembered to do going? a live show. I missed you all uh, so much. It's LA been, Justin. I met back in New York on the right time zone. Um, what a time. I love flying. Airplanes are safe. The safest place to be. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. How many tests how, did you have to take? Yeah, how many COVID tests? Total? I have probably taken um, 25 COVID tests. I had, wow. I, had one, I had one today. I had one today on another set here in New York. I'm, wow. Oh, man, you're, you're taking them like potato chips. You're just like, um, nom, nom. no one can take just one COVID test. <laughs> That's what they say. I mean, well, I can think of one person who probably did. Once but, you pop, you can't wow. top. Yeah. Once you COVID, you can't go vid EO with your friends because everyone thinks you're weird. <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, well, folks, as I mentioned, we have a totally packed show for you today with lots of guests. This will be an interesting tech experiment for us because we're going to be inviting multiple uh, guests and into I, the stream. I love a good tech experiment. Isn't that yeah. what? Isn't life just a good tech experiment? Well, we have I, a sec. I just want to send my status as the number one oh Wolverine fan. Number that one Wolverine is fan. Bullshit! Did you well, just hold on? Hold on. I, I'm uh, inviting our first group of guests into the stream. They're creators of an independent film called uh, Zero Issue. Allie yes. Keller and Jim Fagan. Uh, we got Allie on screen right now, and Jim is hopefully making his way in. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Yeah. All right. Oh, and here's hey, our hey, hey, look at that. How's it going? Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Very excited to chat about this. Uh, this is, for those who haven't checked it out, it is, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's free online, and it's basically like a mockumentary, but set in the world of a superhero convention, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, where where did the initial Germany idea come from? And for those who don't know the project, just kind of run through your individual roles on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go ahead, Ali, you first. I was going to say you should talk about the inspiration for the movie because I joined the team post uh, conceit. So Jim should talk more about that. And Jim, you're uh, also sure, doing, yeah. you're doing a stand-up comedy set right now. Well. <laughs> yeah, I am. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, so I just kind of flip around from. You know, I I hit karaoke live streams across the web, and you know I'm just I'm just you. kicking into this one now. Yeah, uh, Noah, I'm director and producer on this. Ali's one of our producers, which is great. Uh, myself and a couple buds, Matt and Zach, we were making a lot of online sketches and sort of spending. Oh man, we were cooking one sketch for like a month before we'd release it, and we were like, all this effort, man. Let's just make a movie. So. That took four years, and that was a much easier, uh, much easier misdirect, I guess. After that, but um, <laughs> we uh, we were like, you know, so like any good collaborators, we we got together and we argued over what we wanted to make, like what were we into, what did we like watching, and uh, we were all into mockumentaries. We were very into what we do at the shadows in, in the time and at the time, and uh, you know, Christopher Guest and all that stuff. And we were like, well, 
we love going to Marvel movies. We love comics and we want to make a comic book mockumentary. That was, that was where we came at. So, uh, God, we, we tried, we tried to bake like 40 different ideas. And finally, uh, you know, a person uh, that we know and love close to us who was running a festival went on Facebook Live, and it was such a interesting and strained experience to watch this person trying to get this festival up and running uh, on his Facebook Live. And we were like, oh, shit, we want the main character to run a superhero festival. <laughs> so that was pretty much uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. I think that's it in a, in a nutshell. Reaching back four years out of figure, and how they would have been. <laughs> uh, what about you? When did you join the project? Um, I am a producer on the project. I joined, um, sort of. I feel like personally, it was a little bit by fate. I called Ooh. Jim up because uh, Jim and I worked on a live from Lincoln Center project like years before this um, Kickstarter fundraiser for the film launched. And I sort of called Jim in a panic, being like, I want to work in film, explain it to me, because I was coming from the world of theater. Um, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, we used you know, to do theater, too, this yeah. show in a theater. And now yes. we're, well, now we're different. Now we're on film. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is film. This is what <laughs> yeah. film is, right? That's all it is now. Um, and uh, we got coffee, and Jim was like, hey, do you want to work on this thing? And I thought he meant do you want a PA on this? Cause I had zero experience. Um, and then I got the email for an interview with the rest of the team and it was for an associate producer position, um, yes. which I was wildly unqualified for but, um, <laughs> somehow, uh, convinced everybody to let me be a part of the team and sort of hit the ground running with them. Um, which was super fun. So really just asked Jim for coffee and then, Allie made the classic. Allie made the classic mistake of doing her job really well over <laughs> and over again, and we just kept yes. giving her more and more shit to do and a and a bigger title along with it. So, yeah. What I love about this idea is that usually when folks are doing the mockumentary format, I mean, first of all, obviously it's popular. Like you said, what we do in the shadows, The Office, Best in Show, all the Christopher Guest movie, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also kind of there's this sneaky thing of like. Oh, we can also do it on the cheap because it's just like grabbing footage and throwing it everywhere, right? Super easy. And then you throw in special effects and superheroes. How much more difficult did that make it to tackle? So much. So much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, I mean, we, it was, it was a bit of a Avengers assembly kind of thing in the beginning. It was really about getting other people on board and, and it, became about trying to find as many people who had those kinds of talents and skills to get like into the idea the same way we were. So kinetic uh, pictures did all of the special effects. Uh, Adam Harum is the guy who did all of the special effects. And like, he's a pro, he does it out in Spokane, Washington, but he like, we got him to sort of fall in love with this idea alongside of us. And he sort of committed himself to it. And I'm sure thought he was getting, into something way smaller. We started out by asking him to make a little flame on a Kickstarter come out of our hands. And then we were like, oh, can you do one other thing for us, please? Uh, <laughs> the entire movie. Um, and so, uh, you know, he, he did a lot of that heavy lifting. But yeah, it, it turns it into a long post process for sure. And, uh, and it means that you're putting a lot of faith into the team you're, you're putting around yourself, especially when you're still trying to go pretty low budget. Uh, as you do this stuff yeah yeah 
it made it um, definitely more complicated, but I also think in a way like more fun. Like, I don't think I'll ever look back on a set, especially a low budget one where it was like 60 people in upstate New York running around in tights costumes in a town that has no cell service, but like <laughs> was not more game to like do the extra talking head to get the fun. Like uh, it was awesome. just like, it was insanely complicated, but like, I don't think you'd find a group of people having more fun with like the extra bits that really makes the film. And I feel like those were like, that's the wet, hot American summer has all the, the legends surrounding that same thing. Like when you really just lock in with a group and you're in a weird place, uh, it, it, it works. Where in upstate New York did you shoot it? In Scroon we were in Scroon Lake, New York, which is oh. like uh, four and a half hours north. It's bit, you almost hit Canada if you uh, keep going. That's my region. Up there. That's my region. That's where I'm from. Oh, you're so you're just, capital is, region boy. Yeah, not not to interrupt. I mean, this is the first time you guys are on the show. Ostensibly, our show is a comic book talk show, and you know we talk about related media. Uh, but Justin and Pete are from upstate New York. And so 50% of our show is also an upstate New York talk show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Conservatively. Conservatively. Yeah, we talk yeah. about poutine. We talk about garbage plays. You know, food, um, being um, bad people sometimes. <laughs> Just the normal stuff. Uh, Nose diving uh, into folding tables, whatever. whatever yeah. Mafia jumping off very high rocks. While we're confessing things to, um, on here, um, did you guys know that Jim and I uh, actually know each other really well? We worked together at the opposition with Jordan Klepper, and we wow. uh, went together to take our children to a Daniel Tiger live show at the King's uh, Theater. It was a beautiful well, day. Well, well, well. Gotcha. Yeah. Frank, boom. <laughs> Frank, I know All him. Interconnected. Oh, wow. Are you guys going to go do karaoke together after this? I wish. 100%. <laughs> I wish. My wish is granted. Uh, now, not to keep throwing people under the bus, uh, but I, I'm going to look over to Pete here, who probably has a little bit of a bone to pick with you. He uh, brought this up right before the show came on, specifically the title of your movie being Zero Issue. Yeah, I mean, some people think zero issues aren't real issues. You know what I mean? That like, they're just set up and what, you know, do you tackle that? Is that a, you know, the main thrust of the doc? Well, I mean, the, I you're a big <laughs> fan of zero issues though, right? As far as I, uh, as far as the vibe I'm getting here, you're, you're not one of those people, right? Who doesn't think zero yeah. issues are real issues. No way. Right. He has zero <laughs> issues with zero issues. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we, we wanted, regardless of whether you're hot or cold on Zero Issues, we wanted to kind of set the tone for ourselves and for everybody else that we were going to try to take the comic book side of this seriously. And that okay. we were sort of being like, yes. also, maybe keep an eye open because this is somebody's origin story here is the, is the vibe. Uh, you know, but I would, you know, I'm not sure why you feel that way, but if it is because... Uh, you know, issue one is a person's origin story, then that uh, that would make sense to me as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, that usually you're, the idea is everything is there that you need to say in the first issue, but it sort of fits our main character, Dale, because he there is literally nothing special or worth telling about this guy uh, before <laughs> the events of this movie take place, so... Hopefully they dovetail nicely. I just I think you should they should just believe in the comic and instead of it labeling it a zero, you know, give it a one and say, hey, this is where it starts, you know? 
That's <laughs> so weird. I, I I always can't believe it when you hate that so much. <laughs> well, they, are they like? Sorry, I'm I'm curious. Okay. Zero issues, I would assume, are like the whole volumes come out, and now they're gonna like it's like a prequel, right? Or they like slapping it's all a prequel settled. on you, basically? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, was there was there a comic book or comic books that were particularly influential when you were putting this together for either of you? Yeah, I mean, I think that so for our writer Matt, I think he drew a lot from like little nods here and there. So and and you want to we wanted to sort of like also undercut uh, like nods to comic books, but then find a way to make it lame in Dale's world. So. You know, we tried to orphan him, which is your classic, you know, yeah. Batman origin for him. But to make it a, a very uninspiring death that he probably caused, uh, we're trying mm. to sort of, you know, hint at. Um, we tried to uh, look at alliterative names and uh, things like that. I mean, it, it's classic. pretty it's it's pretty broad. We tried to kind of, you know, Jessica Jones was an inspiration for us at the time of it. So we plucked her out. We were definitely also drawing from a lot of comic book movies too i feel like just the the culture of marvel frenzy a little bit at the time that we struck out to do this guy cool uh so this is free online right now right this is on youtube the the full version of the movie are there obviously there are certain life circumstances that make this difficult but uh speaking broadly uh, are there any plans to continue the story, go back to that well? Are there new projects that you want to tackle? Anything like that? Yeah, I think we're we're sort of, you know, we were going to do a film, uh, a film screening and uh, COVID put a stop to that. So we figured we just want to get as many eyes on it as we possibly could. So we put it up on YouTube. We're talking to guys like yourselves. We're just hoping people people will check it out. And uh and then, yeah, Ali is running our festival uh, submission yeah. process. And yeah, we actually we're... Um, just got word today that we're a semifinalist for the Dumbo Film Festival. So that oh, cool. Yeah. You know, so hopefully that luck keeps going with our submissions here on out. No, that's awesome. Nothing like the deep exhale of somebody else being like, it's good, it's good, it's, <laughs> it's okay. And we're like, oh, thank okay. Jesus, thank yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that is awesome. Uh, I I definitely recommend everybody check it out again. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. And good luck with the submission process. Before I let you go, is there anything you want to plug individually that people should check out? Allie, is there is there any place you want to send people? Um, just to watch Zero Issue online. Everything I'm <laughs> working on right now outside of that is on my laptop on the page. So. Uh, nice. Please don't hack my computer, but please. Don't <laughs> try not to do that. Uh, Jim, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to spread the love. Just go, go watch your <laughs> yeah. issue and uh, and tell us you liked it, even if you didn't. Go ahead and lie to us. <laughs> we all need a little awesome. boost, and you guys got to start preparing for first issue, the sequel. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and of course uh, that Daniel Tiger show that I guess you're going to go to and not invite me and Pete to. Justin. <laughs> Uh, I there was room on my lap for one or both of you, and uh, <laughs> I should have I should have thought to ask you. All right, uh, Jim, Ali, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Guys. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Take care. All right. Oop, there we go. 
Yeah, there we go. Once again, uh, the movie is called Zero Issue. That was Allie Keller and Jim Fagan. Um, Like I said, a lot of fun. Uh, If you're a fan of Best in Show and those sort of things and superheroes, definitely go ahead to YouTube and check check that out. Uh, I can't believe. When did you figure out that you knew each other? Justin. Jim, um, when you posted here are our guests for next week, I immediately texted Jim and I was like, are you doing my comic book show? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. I was like, holy shit. Um, because uh, we were good friends. And I thought you were going to say five minutes into the interview. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I know that face. Uh, Somewhere. So- I know that microphone. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we worked together for uh, the whole run of uh, the opposition with Jordan Klepper. It's great. There you go. All right, folks, uh, we are going to invite our second round of guests here into the stream. Again, we got a, we got a pair of them today. Uh, I hope I'm getting the names right, uh, but Omar Spahi and Sina Grace, uh, they are the creators of Getting Together, which is a new book from Image Comics. Also a lot of fun. We'll be talking more about it in our Stack podcast. But meanwhile, the working way to the stream. Omar, how are you? Good. Hey, uh, Omar. How are you doing? Good, good. We've invited Sina as well, uh, so hopefully... Should be making his way in as well. Um, and uh, glad you worked out your tech issues. I know that's not a year of the day for anybody who's watching, but I'm glad it worked out. Uh, let me make sure that Cena is all good to go. Um, but while he's getting set up here, Getting It Together comes out tomorrow from Image Comics, right? How, how crazy is that? Amazing. Perfect <laughs> timing. Well, how long uh, – I see you have a whole planning board behind you. I don't know if that's for getting yeah. it together or not, but uh, how long in the works has this comic book been? Uh, if I told you, I'd want to cry. It's <laughs> been about four years. Oh, wow. Wow. So from, like, idea to, you know, finding an artist, scripting, rescripting, finding a publisher, everything, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Man, that's great. Uh, how uh, I'm killing time a little bit until Cena gets in here, but uh, we should probably we can set up at least the concept of yeah. the book um, for those who don't know it. Uh, do you want to give like the pitch line? Yeah. So what happens if your best friends, sisters, your girlfriend, and you guys break up? Like, are you allowed to still still be best friends with your best friend? Uh, um, the end. The answer is difficult. The answer is yeah. It, it's always difficult with friends, family, and when you're twenties and your and your friends or your family, um, that's what the book is about. Uh, Cena says, "Go ahead and go ahead and reinvite and he'll oh, okay. be pop right in." Excellent. Uh, I love tech. My brother uh, dated my wife's sister for a while, so I get it. Wow! Wait, your brother <laughs> dated your wife's wife's sister. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, um, so if it doesn't work out, it, it's a lot of drama. And they broke up. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it, what happened? Problem. I want to hear, is there a story? Um, not, they're not, not like a fun, like, uh, comical Ooh, breakup. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, didn't work out. And, um, they're pretty normal about it. Unless any aspect of the relationship comes up at any point. <laughs> who'd uh, you stop little, talking to my wife oh okay wow. <laughs> oh, oh. just kidding just kidding just that's kidding. amazing Jesus. if you want to know a little bit of, about my twisted family um my grandpa was one of three brothers who married three sisters 
Wow, that's wow, like wow. heightening, classic and heightening it, right there. That's and you want to know the fun. twist? They were all first cousin. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh. That's a bad twist. That's not a good twist. But once, Back once in the day, one cousin, common. of course, once one cousin marries, it's like, well, mm-hmm. floodgates open. Let's do this. Yeah, dollars uh, are falling. That's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. It was uh, a different time back then than a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's your friend Cena doing? Have you heard from him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to talk to the book of, uh, about the book, uh, but majority over the comment says this is comic book club, right? Uh, yes, it is. Are you asking because we're encouraging cousin marriage? <laughs> and, and let me let me throw this out. I have we're not encouraging it. My cousin, I have two cousins on opposite sides oh, of the boy. family, and Where I was the gone? I was the best man at their wedding, and uh, so they're not. They were no blood, not blood related, but they were from both okay. sides of my family. Um, and the, my cousin, the bride was like, whatever you do, just don't bring up the cousin thing. I know you think it's funny, (laughs) but how can you not? How can you you did? Yes. The, over the course of my speech, I was like, I just want to take a second and really congratulate my my cousin, Ricky and my cousin, Marcy. Wait a second. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Well, Omar, this has been great. Thanks so much. Getting it together. No. <laughs> this has been the Tangled Family Tree. Our Could you weekly. imagine if we <laughs> invited you out for five minutes to talk about incest and then cut you off? Like, oh this is all very light incest. It's all... Oh, let's not. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, we do... Uh, oh, here we go. Here's Cena. Hello. Cena. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi, how are you? My phone. Yeah, you... I'm, I'm okay. I was listening and watching, listening to and watching the whole thing, but for some reason on my iPad it wasn't working. I'm sorry. No, sorry. no, it's I, fine. I, I, you know, I thought you were going to say I was um, watching the end of Raised by Wolves and I just had to finish it, um, and now <laughs> I'm back here to do your podcast. I'm spot on. It's a it's a wild ending, so I understand that. Uh, Cena Omar, now that you're both here, very excited to have you on. Um, without getting into spoilers, I really enjoyed the book uh, that comes out tomorrow. I mean, not only is the art great, uh, the and the writing great, uh, yeah. but it feels like the. I guess this is spoiling like one of the variant covers, or maybe the cover for issue two. Uh, but there's a shot of the main characters all set up like friends with the umbrellas and everything. And that to me almost felt like it got there. We go. Uh, got to the heart of everything, where it's friends, but more modern, more inclusive, a little bit sexier. Would you would you say that's like on the right bent with what you were going for, or is that uh, very far away from it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we both. Oh, do you want to do it? No, you got this. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, well, Omar was the one who came up with the idea of working together and we just both felt like friends was cool, but friends was like a long time ago. And there are just so many more complicated issues to explore nowadays. Um, that also, I think reflect a wider pool of people. So, uh, that's sort of the, the beginning of where getting it together came from was just sort of wanting to take these hallmarks that we loved and these anchors that we loved and then expand on them in like a very modern lens. 
Yeah, I feel like it has the, I mean, it reminded me a little bit of Scott Pilgrim in a good way, where it's like a modern uh, take on, uh, like, just being in that time in your life where you're like, I fucked up, <laughs> now I have to figure out all these relationships. Well, I think we all go through that, and yeah. I think that's what the book of the books. Um, we want to make sure that people can be fuck-ups and be okay with it. Okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One of the other things that was interesting, I mean, that I I thought was interesting while I was reading the book is because it is all about people in their 20s and bands fucking up, like you're saying, making mistakes in San Francisco. Uh, But it's also people outside interacting in a very natural way. And particularly right now, it's something where it feels like, oh, what a throwback to a gentler time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, is there anything that uh, I mean, obviously you created this and like Omar was saying, you've been working on it for four years at this point. Um, but do you feel like it's going to hit differently now in the COVID era than it would have potentially a year earlier or two years earlier? I know for me, um, I was a little like, oh, gosh, is this going to is this going to land with people at all? And I think what's been great from what we've seen so far and what from what people have said based on advanced PDFs and whatnot is that it's like a it's a reminder of why we are doing what we're doing now. Like it's a reminder. Oh, it, it, it's kind great. of a of these things, you know, like it's a literal slice of life and life is something we don't have right now. So it's kind of the best science fiction anyone could ask for. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Nice. So true. Well, I mean, on that same note though, it's also interesting reading a modern romance book because we don't get a lot of those. You know, there was a certain part of me, even knowing what I, what I knew going in, you read an, you read an image comics book and there's a certain sense of like, Oh, there's going to be some sort of twist at some point. The aliens come at some point, the robots pop in or anything like that. But for anybody who's thinking about picking up this book, who's wrestling, listening, it's not like that at all. It is very much about the emotions, very much about the characters, um, was there any at any point in the development process? Was there a temptation to image it up, so to speak, and give it more of a <laughs> high concept versus a romance book? Uh, no, I mean, at, from the beginning, we knew what this book. We know that it's a slice of life. We know that's a slice. It's like I have the crazy a echo in my in my pocket, so I apologize. Um, but we knew it was a slice of life book. We knew exactly what it was from its inception and we just kind of expanded on that scene and i both had a really clear vision of what it was and uh we executed it and i'm really proud of how the book turned out i gotta say uh you know it's great to kind of have this nice kind of like uh warm relationship story with everything that's going on you know it's like when i go get my stack you know it's zombies it's murder it's a lot of uh fun (laughs) stuff but this was a nice, like, little treat, just a nice kind of, like, I don't have to be scared. I don't have to be too worried for the characters. You know, I can just kind of enjoy, the, you know, just taking it in and kind of getting sucked into these lives. Yeah, it's like, there, but there are emotional infinity gauntlets. Emotional yeah, exactly. Infinity yeah, gauntlet. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sina, could you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the book? I mean, this is something you talk about in the back matter a little bit, so anybody who picks it up will get more of a sense. But uh, what the uh, you touch on the real life inspiration, the real life moments that both of you, I think, were bringing to this book. Yeah, well, the so to get into some spoilers, uh, there is a <laughs> love interest who talks about. 
um, going on a date and like waking up next to a guy sounding himself, which is a very adult <laughs> act that people can look up later. Um, <laughs> it's explained though, which is great. Because I, yeah. if, we know. I never, I never woke up to someone doing that. I don't shame that, but that, in, that, that path of finding out that someone isn't who they seem like who they are that that came from a real that experience was real down to then like even the twist on a twist ending when when jack talks to that from the city writer's room like we omar and i like to talk about real life things and then um if it if it can fit in the arc for these characters then we try to put these very real moments in our lives in the book Mm. yeah omar what about you i mean not to give too much away, but some of the stuff directly in the book um, is literally conversations seen as I have had and been like, well, this is just going in the book. And it's just super fun stuff, super silly stuff. Um, we take a lot of stuff that comes from our own life. And I've definitely felt the emotions a lot of the characters have felt. like, And we try to channel that and put that into the story. And I think the book is about friendship. And I think it comes across that way. It's not about, you know, like in your typical sitcom, that it's always the will they, won't they between the two main love interests. And and for this book, to me, it's always felt about friendship and will they, won't they have a friendship that works. Um, And to me, that's that's the crown jewel of the whole experience. I think one of the hardest things to do in comics is uh, be genuinely funny, have like a good jokes that don't feel like spider-man quips and i feel like when you hear talk about um how you guys sort of had these conversations and they wound up in the book it feels that way all the comedy feels super earned and whatnot so i just want to give that compliment because it's hard to do thank you that really means a lot we uh tried to be funny but at the same time be human yeah uh cena uh, i was just out uh out in la uh hanging out with john gabris and he wanted to say what up to you uh aw. now you're on the show oh i love my gay bruce yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh just i love how you're just doing shout outs to all of our guests now exactly yeah, just just and everything. Like, you, LA, la dusted yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> la johnson be like oh yeah i know everybody i know everybody That's you want to make a deal about. you want to get some lunch what are you thinking yeah yeah, yeah we're all cops? getting coffee later cops Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex, you get it. Got salad. I've been to LA a couple of times. I know what's going on. Yeah, you know what uh, salad people get. <laughs> Would you guys do the the uh, karaoke online? I'm in. Just let me know. Oh, absolutely. You and Jim, go. Let's go after party. You're all welcome. <laughs> Uh, to talk a little bit about the arc of the book, I know this is a ridiculous thing to talk about with the first issue it hasn't even come out until tomorrow, but uh, is this something that you see as the limited series? Is it more of an ongoing? Um, uh, is it something that potentially could go forever like Friends? Uh, what's what's in your mind at this point? I was going to let Cena jump on that. But uh, I'll tell I'll tell my version. I think we have stories that go on forever. We have a second arc in our mind and where it's going and what the plan is with it. Um, we're really passionate about the characters in the book, so we've definitely talked about what the second, third, and fourth uh, volume would look like and what to expect there. Um, but the question lies in is like I think we told a complete story in the first four issues, and I think I'm really proud of the direction it's gone. Um, so we'll see if we expand on that after or not. So right now we're still talking about if we're going to do the second issue, second arc, or if we're going to um, do something new altogether. 
All right. Well, I just wanted to kind of put this out there. You know, having one of the characters get a pet monkey, great <laughs> idea. Just kind of roll with that. You know, if it comes up organically, don't shy away. You from have it. a monkey? Great question. Great question. <laughs> I mean, I have a monkey on my back, if that's what you're wondering. But no, I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a real monkey. Uh, uh, well, we've lost Tina again. I, I got to ask what's up with the board behind you. So that's what, a bunch of stuff uh, we're working on. With, I'm switching to animation a lot. Um, so I'm doing a lot of animation projects. I'm really passionate about animation. And it's always been a passion line. I've written for various animated shows like Ben 10. Um, and yeah. my, my future hopefully will be comic books and animation. I'm a huge fan of both and I just love doing it. And that's what we're doing. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so it's 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 super challenging, awesome. but it's super fun. Cool. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I'm going to apologize about all the tech <laughs> problems uh, with you and Sita. Uh, uh, you guys are champs and awesome. Uh, and also, congratulations on the book. Uh, it's Great like I art. said, really fun, really sweet. Uh, like Pete mentioned, just a very different thing that I think a lot of people are reading right now uh, and a yep. must pick up for tomorrow. We'll be talking more about it in our stack podcast. We do not hear when we'll be reviewing it whole hog. Um, we'll give it a good review. Oh, actually, uh, but anything else want to yeah, I don't doubt. Compromising our journalistic I can be lying. I can be lying. I love don't it. lie to our know. guest. <laughs> get it together. Uh, but anything else you want to plug Omar before Absolutely. we, before we let um, you go? I appreciate it. Uh, Jenny Define has absolutely done amazing on art. Yeah. I'm going to just show off son of the art is great. Her, 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 she's absolutely nailed it. I found her on an in Instagram a really long time ago. Mix oh, wow. on colors has been incredible and image has just been the best publisher you could ever hope to have as a publisher. I cannot wow. say enough amazing things about them. They're, they're the reason there's a reason they're the number one independent publisher is because they are beyond amazing to be there. And I'm just super grateful and super honored to just be, uh, you know, having a book come out through there. It's always been a dream of mine and super happy to have it done. Congrats. Awesome. That's Omar, awesome. congrats. Congrats to Cena as well. So thanks uh, for everything. And have a great night. Thanks, guys. See you later. Great talking to you. Bye. All right. Uh, There we go. Once again, it's called Getting It Together from Image Comics. It's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Who knows what we're going to say in our stack review of it. No mystery to me. I got to be honest. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. We haven't said it. That is it. Uh, We're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. Yeah. Um, I I have the first question here. Uh, Somebody writing in asking Justin if he got that shirt to piss beat off or if he got that shirt, you know, because he actually likes it. No, I don't do things uh, just to make Pete angry. Uh, don't I mean, you? I, I say yeah. things. Why Why angry. would you get a shirt just to make Pete oh. angry? <laughs> <laughs> like, who would do something like that? Wow, well done. Who would do well that? Done. I wish we had set that up, but that occurred absolutely <laughs> naturally. Um, oh. Hilarious. Uh, no, I, shirt. That is an I awful love, shirt. I love this, uh, the original uh, Weapon X uh, story arc um, from back in Marvel Comics Presents. The Barry Windsor Smith art is unbelievable, and I just saw it and went for it. Good for you. Uh, there you go. For audience questions, I see a bunch of you already done it here on Crowdcast. Drop a question and ask a question over on the tube. Just drop it in uh, the uh, comment section there. 
And I, I got a little distracted because somebody, hey, I don't know. Uh, somebody did uh, drop a question. I don't know if this is specifically for us so much as the comments, but Puncher Joe One says, Am I the only person who didn't like friends? Wow. Uh, or actually, uh, no. I'm sorry. He said, "Am I the only person who didn't like Friends?" Wow! <laughs> ah, hey, killer, killer Chandler. Thanks. Uh, I would hold up this first season of Friends as uh, pretty as very funny, and then after that, it really backslides a bit. Ooh, hot yeah. I, I definitely watched a couple of seasons. I don't know that I watched the full thing. At a certain point, I just kind of cut a board. But getting it together. I will never get bored of. Wow. <laughs> Stop spoiling <laughs> your review. <laughs> yeah. My forever book. Uh, oh, what are we drinking? Are we doing that one first? Yeah. Uh, sure. Pete, what are you drinking? Uh, liquid fuel, jet fuel or something? And yeah. Vodka? yeah I'm, um, you know, unfortunately, I got to work on my mixers game. Uh, I just have vodka and uh, Mountain Dew laying around the house. So, <laughs> you know, going with the old staple. Here. Your mixers game. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get some mixers for my vodka. It's my yeah, food. you gotta get a code red. You gotta get whatever yeah. the black mountain do is. I don't, don't, think, don't think of racist. buying don't think of buying juice as your mixers game. Think of doing something that's not drinking garbage. <laughs> Wait, what are you drinking, Justin? I've got a uh, five boroughs pilsner. Oh, nice. Mm, very good light fresh beer. Uh, I'm drinking a Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA. Wow. That I picked up today. Uh, there's a beer distributor, turns out, just a couple of blocks from my house. So I checked Uh-oh. it out. That's trouble. Oh, that's that amazing. Why you moved there, right? <laughs> Not originally, but now I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, it was pretty <laughs> wonderful walking in there. Very excited. Yeah, you live my... by a beer distributor, a weird chip store, and a uh, <laughs> 90s boy band uh, music emporium. The Backstreet Boys house, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Exactly. Uh, all right, this is from Edward Doherty. Can Pete please fantasy cast a comic book movie with his favorite comedy actors? Robin Williams is Wolverine. Bill Murray is the Punisher. Rob Schneider is Galactus. Some suggestions for actors to consider. Eddie Murphy, Gene Wilder, Leslie Nielsen, John Candy. Well, Pete. Wow. Wow, really gives you, it's like a multiple choice question. Yeah, yeah I mean, he took, I mean, I guess you know, it's alive or dead, which is pretty crazy. But it would be it would be fun to see like a kind of like a just kind of a real campy take and having like Richard Pryor, uh, you know, play somebody and like. Uh, oh, man, like he could be in a Superman movie or something like yeah, that. That would be crazy. No, no, I was trying to go like, you know. <laughs> Campy. It would be fun to see him be the Flash. Yeah, like a campy, like a campy Superman movie with like, like a, maybe like a computer that sucks someone in by accident. No, 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 not something stupid. Yeah, it's like can, fucking terrifying for his, the entire uh, life. Yeah, the symbol on the chest and it just turns into cellophane. You know, not something stupid. I'm looking for campy. There's a difference. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Bill Murray. So let me just recap your fantasy casting. You okay. said Richard Pryor would play somebody. So <laughs> far, <laughs> oh, what a fantasy! <laughs> That's amazing. It's quite he, would be, he would be the Flash. The Flash. 
I I don't know if this is a joke comment or not, but Ben the Border Collie says, I say dead Robin Williams is Uncle Ben. Oh, oh. I, see what, oh I see what you're saying. Oh, Come on. Not... Why would you read that out loud? You know what? I, because I was thinking he was saying Robin Williams is Uncle Ben, and I was trying to picture Robin Williams as like riffing for 15 minutes yeah. before he gets to the great power with great responsibility. Uh, but that's not what he meant. <laughs> oh, what's this guy? This guy's trying to rob me. What's he doing? He's going to get in this way. Yeah. He's going to come in this way. Oh, now he's bird. He's flying up in the air. Oh, look at that. Oh, my nephew. But maybe he let him go. Maybe he let him run right past him because he's a wrestler now. I don't know. Why Why would he do that? Yeah, man. Uh, that guy was great when he was on cocaine. Okay. Uh, we got a question <laughs> hey. here from... No- what? He was... That's an arguable. I say that as a compliment. End of sentence. I mean, that special from what sixty five or sixty eight? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. L- Live at the Met was yeah. the greatest. Great stuff. He was on a lot of cocaine. Uh, Every Nelson, episode of Mork and Mindy. You can't no say cocaine there. like he did a lot of work and he didn't just do cocaine <laughs> and then all of a sudden the special came out. I can't mean, give all the credit to cocaine, you asshole. I mean, AP, hey, when are you going to do a quiz where the third answers all point to a movie featuring cocaine? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun quiz. Oh, uh, from Nelson Martinez over on the tube, since the boys is coming to a season finale, which character has grown on you the most since the pilot? Got to be Mother's Milk for me. Loved yes. him this season. Mm. Yes. Mm, so glad to hear that. Mother's Milk. Huge. Who, who's grown on you the most since the pilot of the boys? I got it. I just straight up hated Homelander in the beginning. Like he really, but as the show has gone on and we've seen kind of Homelander struggle and deal with things, um, it's just crazy. And also like the just different journeys that, you know, uh, uh, Maeve also like, it's just great to kind of see, the boys kind of tackle these people in a way uh, that's a little different from the comic book and kind of uh, kind of explore the media side of it in a way that's kind of really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I to your point, Pete, the villains, I think, are so well done because they're not just like this. This person's evil, like the way they turn uh, make the deep just like the constantly punishing him and making him oh, like yeah. so path- like path- pathetic the entire time uh, while still trying to be hopeful he's going to come out of it. Like, I think it's just so so smart. Same with Homelander, the way you get in his head a lot and see the different nuances. Really well done. I think Maeve is a really good answer just because she has this storyline that kind of popped up in season one a little bit that people really hooked into and they've really blown it out in a very nice way in the second season. But I got to go with Butcher, who I think we've talked about this a lot on the boys podcast that we do, but... uh, we do a so, boys podcast. Yeah, it's called "Let's Hear It for the Boys." It's available on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher. Wait, wait, that's not the that's not the one where somebody does like an annoying song in the start of every episode, is it? I mean, that's every podcast we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, <laughs> no, Carl no, it's Urban, not this, like guy who shouldn't have any business singing, like singing songs at the beginning. Uh, it's just. I'll tell horrible. you what. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There. Oh, should we call him back for? It's the karaoke time now. I think the karaoke just karaoke started. Time, yeah, and yeah, I got to say, Alex, that was maybe the best singing I've ever heard you do. Wow! Thank you. Very Did you much. warm up before this podcast? Uh, I've been drinking Scorpion Bowl IPA. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, Butcher, uh, I would say, just because he's such a different character than he is in the comic books, and the comic books, he's 
they give him dimensions, but like he is very much a one dimensional grinning badass the way that they literally draw him. And Carl Urban, by the nature of being Carl Urban and such a good actor, they've given him so much more to do and play with uh, that particularly this season, he has grown and gained more dimensions. And it's been uh, very nice to see. Uh, let's go to another one here on Crowdcast. This is from John George. Just got my ballot. <laughs> Who should I vote for at legal weed, yay or nay? Wow. Yay. These are questions. Come uh, on, John George. Yay on that. Come on. Help is that on, out, bro? It, where, that's on the ballot in New Jersey, right? Yeah, the yeah there's been a long battle for that for the last uh, two, three years. New Jersey's going to beat New York. It sucks. You're in Philly now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's not going to happen over there in PA. <laughs> I can't <laughs> no, believe they let not. you have alcohol down there. Oh, it's happening in PA. Uh, yeah, vote Biden. I, I think we can say that pretty firmly. I know we try to stay out of politics and stuff, but just, you know, for the future of the world and stuff, uh, please vote <laughs> yes. for Joe Biden. And let me just throw some uh, breaking news. Um, Stephen Miller just tested positive for COVID. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's really bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my text. I mean, this is we don't want to get into the cruel side of it, but my texts are on the side of my laptop and it's just people saying that over and over. Again. I'm like, yeah, why is everyone texting? this? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, that's crazy. You think uh, COVID would flee immediately from his body. <laughs> it's a uh, lot of jokes to be made. Sure. Uh, he didn't get infected with COVID. COVID got infected with Stephen Miller. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. They're right at themselves. Uh, yeah. Legal weed, yay. Vote for Jai Biden. There you go. Uh, that is our official comic book club endorsement. We endorse right Joe Biden. Agitator asks, how many bears on average do you wrestle on a daily basis at Scroon Lake? Ah, um, I wish if, if Jim's still in the feed, please um, hit us up and let, let us know. But I will say where um, I'm from, way upstate New York, Governor of New York, um, there are bears, uh, there are bear sightings at the end of the dirt road that I run down. So every day I have to like be scared a little bit. Yeah, I, when we would go up to the Adirondacks, we would have a lot of uh, fun run-ins with bears. Uh, they also, like in Old Forge, they have this spot where they just have, like, dumpsters lined up. And you can, can like, park your car and watch the bears come and, like, eat. It's uh, kind of crazy. Uh, Jim says, depends when one wanders into town. So a lot of similar answers from the Upstate New York set. And, again, getting our quota in of little facts about Upstate New York. <laughs> Uh, uh, First Bandito 740 on YouTube says Biden about to get that CBC bump I think so I mean look at it takes a little while to play out on the polling numbers but I I think we'll see it in a week or two showing up there Kevin asks going off today's as of recording announcement about the Batmobile getting a series comics have had varied success giving superheroes their own vehicles um CF, the Thanos copter, and any non-Japanese attempt to give Spider-Man a car. What are either your favorite superhero wheels or a superhero vehicle you'd like to see? Uh, Blade's car uh, is glorious in the Blade movies. What is... I've never actually watched Blade. What is cool about his car? It's just a giant charger. Yeah, it's a giant muscle car that is uh, badass. It doesn't have, like, uh, UV lights in the headlights or anything? It might. 
regular car? Know. Just a regular car? <laughs> a regular car. Pete's our right. uh, resident gearhead who just, uh, again, likes regular cars. <laughs> so there's no real... Uh, you want to have, like, uh, Hawkeye drive, like, a Camaro or something? No, it'd be sweet. Uh, just to give, uh, for anybody who's confused about the Batmobile news, just a little rundown about that. There's a new animated preschool series coming to Cartoon Network and HBO Max uh, called, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting what it's actually called. But it's basically like, it stars the Batmobile, the rest of the Bat family's vehicles. So it's basically Cars meets Paw Patrol wow. is the idea, I guess. I never. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, I so like be. I like superhero vehicles that have their own vehicles. Like the haunted tank needs its own like spider mobile. Mm, that's a good like the, idea. Or the haunted I tank. Will, tank. Uh, I will say about the spider mobile hatred in that question, and it was abject hatred. Uh, that uh, I don't know. There's been some fun takes on the spider mobile in recent years. I mean, I always call out Spider-Man human torch number three, which is a super fun use of it, but there's been a couple of other times where people have brought in the spider mobile and it's always a good fun joke that they pay off really nicely. So I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it was like old man Logan or something where he had the Mm -hmm. spider buggy and they were driving it across the country. That was awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Great. stuff. Uh, Great stuff. Anthony Latch says, if you guys could get a life-size statue of a character to put in your living room and have everybody in the house cool with it, who would it be? Silver Surfer for me. Anthony, first of all, talk to whoever you're living with. Just explain to them why you need the Silver Surfer statue. That is what I'm getting for your question. And if they love you, they will accept you. (laughs) Alex, reading through the lines. Yeah, don't give Um, up on your dream of having a Silver Surfer statue, you know, in your living room. Because if that's what you want, you got to do it, man. Eventually, eventually when we're through with COVID, I want Pete and Alex to come over to my place and see the statues I built of them in my living room. Oh, Alicia Masters style, just sort of uh, just building. Exactly. I do. I I put a blindfold um, over my eyes. Um, I bring in a lot of very wet clay. I was hoping it would be massage the clay. I was hoping it would be groundhog day, like Bill Murray styles where you kind of get, you know, get really good at it. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, this is not exactly a statue, but just because I was having this conversation just before we got out of the podcast. Uh, so my son, who's six years old for his sixth birthday, got a 3,000-piece Marvel puzzle ooh, from ooh. my parents, which is a pretty awesome present because he loves puzzles. Only problem is it is way too difficult for him. Yeah. Like, insanely difficult. He's super crazy quick at puzzles, but this is too much for anybody. So I've been the main one who's been trying to, like, chip away at the puzzle to get it to a point where I'm like, hey, you want to do the puzzle now? And he's like, no, it's too difficult. Uh, so I, we have our entire living room floor is now covered with this 3,000-piece puzzle because we don't have a table in the living room yet. And we were just talking about what we're going to do with it. Uh, and we might actually make it into a table or maybe make it into, like, a bat for the floor or something like that. We'll see. Oh, wow. Uh, Ben the Border Collie brings up a good point. 
would uh, would you just get a giant statue of two owls fucking, or like what would you do, Sal? Oh, great question. Yeah, what, That's actually uh, one of the next questions here on YouTube. Yeah, what animals uh, do you want fucking in your house? Is, yeah, exactly. hey Alex, can we get an update on the sexual positions for the owls that live with you? First of all, there are two owls behind me. They're not in sexual positions. They were just next to each other. They're Harry Potter owls. Um, I did change it up uh, this week. I can show you on the camera here. Now, as you can see, that's a horse over there, and that's an owl. Uh, right below it. Uh, that's it just looks for like space reasons. That, that on the fucking owl murdered it, man. What that the horse, hell? That horse you have children like in your house. Why would no, you? No, no, no. It's just like it's just for space reasons. We put the horse there on top of the owl, like right on top of the owl, mounting. Oh. Finally, the yeah, horse mounting doing the, the owl, mounting. exactly. Uh, nice. I look forward to the animal that comes out of that copulation. <laughs> oh, and I should also say the statues of um, Pete and Alex in my house are full nudes. Yeah. Oh, uh, Josh asks, uh, "Where's the other owl?" Uh, yeah. It's you can't see it, but it's behind the horse. It's the jerking owl off in the corner, watching <laughs> it all go down. I was I was gonna make a less explicit version of that joke, and I'll tell you what, I'm glad you said it. I, I truly it. can't believe. I know, Justin, you missed this uh, when uh, Pete was going off on this the other I week. I feel like I I put it together. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, put it together. I, I just I, I can't believe that Pete's the one that's like, are those owls fucking? Those owls are fucking right. Well, it's like, one Alex, where, like before we started, Zalbin had his camera like tilted up, and I was just like, "Hey, man, like what's going on?" Like you know, Pete's it looks like those Pete. owls. Pete's like, "Hey, Alex, all the books on your bookshelf are fucking behind you. <laughs> They're all rubbing <laughs> up against each other." Um, but right. to answer the question, I would love to have like a Hulk like breaking through a brick wall or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> An actual brick wall of your house. Yeah. Wow. Like Kool Aid Man, like Kool Aid Man. It'd be cool if he oh, broke yeah. through. It'd be broke through, and you could sit on his fists as your couch. Like oh, a, that'd be fun. Like okay. it was uh, fist, hand was like a this joke that you just tried. To... I'm not making a fit. What P? Where's your? Where are you? Uh, Let's see. You're mentally. You're just like I don't know. Very sexualized. Um, here's a, here's a more serious question from Joe. Hey, y'all, what are your thoughts on the conversation that I've heard about in the MCU making Magneto a black man that is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide? Alex, I'm definitely interested in your perspective as the comic book movies and TV shows don't seem to have many heroes or villains where they are Jewish and it's important to the character, i.e. Batwoman, never seem to dwell upon her faith. Um, so the... Uh, I can answer this one first, and then I'm curious to hear from you guys. Uh, I mean, it's a complicated thing, and I think each case is individual. Certainly, there are not enough Jewish characters in mainstream comics. There's just there's not. You know, it is crazy uh, so, when when the list of like here are all the characters in comics that are Jewish, and it's like Magneto, Ragman, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's Pride, like wait, the, the thing, Infinity Pride, Sabra. Yeah, Sabra, the Israeli yep. hero. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's barely any of them. There's not a lot. And it's always very exciting when you see something like Batwoman, where Kate Kane turns out to be Jewish. Um, I think uh, to talk about these two specific cases, and I'll work backwards, to talk about Batwoman, it was frustrating to me that they only tangentially referenced her Judaism, but from having interviewed and asked the showrunner about this a couple of times, 
I think that was just something she was not interested in. Like she was very interested in the LGBTQ plus coming out metaphor. That was the thing she wanted to talk about. I think she did a great job personally of really drilling into that in the first season and using superheroics as a metaphor for that process. Um, but it was always like a little bit of a disappointment to me, you know, that they don't need to have a Hanukkah special or anything like that, but it would have been nice. <laughs> like it would have been nice to see it. And there was a cute joke about halfway through the season where they talked about her bot mitzvah and they had like a little bat symbol for the bat mitzvah. I was like, that's cute. That's funny. But that was, it, it felt like sort of throwing chum. Uh, the, my feeling on it is like, they did enough with the LGBTQ plus representation there on the show that I'm good with them drilling into representation. I'm not going to be pissy about them leaving off the Jewish representation. Um, and it's the same thing with replacing the characters, replacing with new character, this uh, Ryan Wilder character, that's going to be the new character versus Kate Kane. I think that ties into my feelings about the Magneto thing as well. Like the sliding scale of time in comics and also movies is weird. So if they're going to do a modern take on the MC in the MCU on the X-Men to have uh Magneto still be a Holocaust survivor is as weird to me as having the Punisher uh, having fought in the Vietnam war. There's a certain point where it just, it doesn't work anymore. And not that they're one-to-one, but if the thing that works better for Magneto's character is making him a survivor of the Rwanda genocide. I'm okay with that because I think story, if it's the right story and it's not made for the wrong reasons is the right way to go. I know that's kind of a circular way of explaining that, but th- that's what well, generally my feeling on it. And that makes sense, especially in adapting um, a comic book story to film or television where Time is more meaningful because of the nature of movies and TV, where it's really a sense. There's a sense of time and place when in comic books, I think that it's much easier to sort of get away with having Magneto still uh, have been in the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I and, the, and the, I think comic books need to be adapted at least a, a little bit, no matter how small it is, like you have to translate the form over to a different media. I mean, Watchmen, the way that um, the, the Watchmen movie was just a direct translation. It was like a dead thing that it didn't work. Um, and I just think in general, I'm always more of a fan of like, if we want to introduce an, a new character that, uh, or introduce a character that has dealt with a similar tragedy, introduce a new character and put it, make it about that rather than just be like, oh, now Magneto uh, dealt with the Rwanda genocide. It's like, well, that's different. And like, I don't know. Is it the same or are you just swapping out a tragic thing? Because the circumstances of both of those events are wildly different. And it feels very weird to just be like, now it's this bad thing that human humanity did to this person. I mean, I'd imagine I haven't really read much about this. And just to be clear, I think this is just a wild rumor. There aren't any public plans about what they're going to do with the X-Men and the MCU. But I think the idea is to drill into that oft-repeated thing of uh, Magneto and Professor X being uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. So they could go a route where it's like very explicitly they're black and this is what this is. And we're going to put like a fine point on it, um, which I, I could see. It, ultimately, it comes up to the ex, uh, execution of it more than anything. Yeah. I feel I, I agree. I think that like good story is good story. And we should try to uh, stretch comics to fit times and to fit what ideas or stories we have. 
Um, and if it makes sense, give it a try. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think we've, if you would have said to me like, Oh man, some of the best Captain America comics are after he's dead. And you know, Falcon takes over. I've been like, fuck you. It is. But like reading it, I was just blown away by how great it was and how nice and different it felt. And that kind of thing. So making these changes with Magneto seems a little like, well, wait, what? But that's not the Magneto I know. You know, if the story is great, you know, it can kind of like, uh, um, you know, open us up to different stuff. So it's it's worth trying. Yeah. And adapting to like taking the metaphor and shifting it to a different uh, a different story, I think, totally works as you adapt it to something else. Yeah. I mean, that all said, it would be nice to have more Jewish representation on screen, particularly when it comes to superheroes. But Representation um, across the board. I mean, uh, comic books is one of the uh, slowest moving um, forms of media in embracing diversity. And it just, it has to move faster. Yes. Agreed. Uh, Good question. Thank you. Uh, Moving on to Nick Kelly. I've been missing live theater a lot. What are some moments that happened during the live show over the years that stuck with you? LinkedIn gate, of course. Uh, (laughs) Definitely that one. Uh, What else? Other live moments that you guys can think of? I mean, the... LinkedIn gate was very funny. A quick explainer. If you uh, weren't there, someone came uh, to the show and during audience questions, <laughs> was like, I'm here because Alex Zalbin didn't respond to my LinkedIn request or something. <laughs> and Alex was wildly put on the spot. Um, one of the things that made me laugh the hardest, maybe in my life is at our end of year anniversary special for like our 12th year anniversary when Pete was like, I've been running a secret quiz for five years. <laughs> and I just could not believe that was true. Yeah. You lost it. Was I, I've never, that was just that level of commitment. And Pete's the hardest working, uh, most loyal man in, in the game. And the <laughs> fact that he was that loyal to a quiz that only exists in his brain. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've had a lot of like fun live moments, like the ice bucket challenge that Dan Slot challenges to oh, yeah. with Nat Downs in. Like that was really amazing. We like ran inside, chugged a beer, did a shot or something, and that was just like a lot of fun. Yeah, can you um, imagine ever doing anything mean to Nat Townsend? Oh gosh, uh, don't bring don't bring that up. I'm you brought, brought him up. I'm going to punch that guy in his face as soon as I see him. I, I just think, uh, you know, we've had Wow, a lot I can't of- believe COVID is over. Punch. <laughs> jail. <laughs> punch jail. <laughs> oh, who's going to rat me out? Um, uh, yeah, I just think that, like, there's been a lot of, like, really cool kind of, like, little moments. Like, you know, that one little girl who brought her family over and made her whole family yes. uh, sit through our show while she was, like, clearly having so much fun and everybody else was, like, so pissed about it, like, just so overly exhausted. I mean, stuff like that was unbelievable. Like, meeting people who've listened to us over the years in person yeah. and some of the been unbelievable. Some of the ones further back, um, way back in, our, I think it was our first or second year, we had um, uh, Bill Hader, Seth Myers, um, and who uh, who were the comic book people? Uh, Matt on Fraction, that? Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Lowe, and Jeff Joe Lowe. Quesada showed up. Yeah, and we were like, "This is so great!" And then after the show, they all wanted to talk to each other so they could <laughs> work on stuff together. We were like, "We're." 
part of this. Uh, <laughs> that's the first time we did San Diego Comic-Con, and we opened up the uh, doors early for the Buffy panel that was after us, so we got to do a oh, show yeah, with uh, Chris Hardwick and his band Hard and Firm uh, played on the show, and we did a show for like thousands of people, which was wild. <laughs> they had no idea what we were doing, uh, but they all like got into it. Super fun. Yeah. Good times. Hopefully someday again, we will see what happens. Uh, jumping. Uh, ooh, uh, this is from I Wonder Woman. I wonder if any of your listeners vote for Trump. Should they stop listening to you? Oh. Um, you know what I will say about that is uh, this goes contrary to everything that I probably tweet and say. Otherwise, I would say no. I mean, hopefully yeah. like. Uh, keep listening. This is also mostly a place that we talk about comic books and we talk about entertainment. Um, certainly, I hope that you're not uh, supporting people that hurt people. Uh, that's something that I don't like. And most of the time, if I knew somebody in my life who was supporting Trump, I would shut them out. Um, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to stop people from listening here, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I have relatives that uh, we don't talk about politics and I suspect they uh, vote for Trump. But I, you know, you can still um, enjoy aspects of people's life without having to get into the darker parts. Um, Yeah, I am a very political person um, and I agree to uh, Hollywood Homer. People's rights are being taken away. I'm a very uh, vocal uh, supporter of Biden or just anti-Trump, I guess you could say. But I also think making everything in your life political makes you part of the same problem that got us to having Trump in our lives every fucking minute. So I do think we have to be able to uh, take take a look at the world in other through other lenses. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things where, uh, you know, I have people in my life who I don't agree with uh, politically with some things. And, you know, we find other things to talk about. Um, and when it's time to kind of talk about those things, we do as awkward as it can be or as weird as it can be. But uh, Bill Burr, for me, is a perfect example. I love listening to his podcast, but when he starts going off about the fucking Red Sox, I turn it off or fast forward <laughs> it because it drives me up the fucking wall. Um, but, you know, you're going to... We're complex people, you know what I mean? There's more to us than just one thing. So, you know, if you enjoy something, hopefully an opinion about one thing doesn't hurt you. I'm sure there are things that I say that drive people nuts. I know there's things that these two a-holes say that drive me insane. No, no, come on, B. Number one Wolverine fan, number one Wolverine fan right (laughs) here. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, we still Uh, I mean, the other thing that I'll mention about... Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll mention this is, I mean, this is specifically talking about the way this is worded, but should they stop listening to you? Uh, no. And I don't think they should stop listening to us. And the reason I say that specifically uh, versus uh, stop talking to me or anything like that, uh, which I think is maybe even a different question, is I'm not going to say across the board, anybody who supports the more negative aspects of politics, Trump, et cetera, um, are the same exact people. But there's certainly a lot of people who follow comic books, read comic books, watch comic book movies, who completely miss the point of what the heroes are doing. They miss the point of what Captain America is standing for. They miss the point of fucking Star Wars, which is like the bluntest, literally black and white thing that you could possibly understand. 
And my hope would be that you would listen to our podcast, hear us talk about superheroes, hear us talk about geek and nerd media and whatever you want to call it. And hopefully, hopefully, even in a small iota, tiny little bit away, uh, take the positive, the correct lesson way. Because I think we talk about it and I think we think about it in the right way. Our opinions aren't always right, but certainly we take the right lessons from superheroes and from the comic books. And hopefully if you can listen to us, and start to let some of those lessons soak into your brain. Perhaps the kindness that superheroes show to others, you can understand you need to start showing to other people if you are not currently doing that. That empathy that is inherent in superheroes needs to be impressed on people and needs to be drilled into people, and they need to understand it, particularly people who are beyond all reason currently supporting Trump. So if our podcast can give that a little bit of that patented comic book club bump, (laughs) but with your empathy, I am 100% all for that. And please keep listening to our podcast. Yeah. There you go. Jane, Trump is dumb Lex Luthor, so... There's a comic book reference for you. I wouldn't even give them that much. That's even a little bit more than I'm comfortable with saying. Yeah. Uh, yes, the end result, uh, Edward Dirty, is good keep people listening. On both Please keep listening to our podcast. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends, and leave comments on iTunes. That was what I was saying. That's good stuff right there. Uh, I think this is our last question from uh, Hollywood Homer. Wanted to ask this with Justin. With Comixology Unlimited, DC Universe Infinite, and Marvel Unlimited being so cheap a month, is the future of paper comics for them to go back to newspaper, print paper, less ink, white borders, less pages, single-issue storylines to decrease the price of print comics, like the Action Comic number 1 type of comics again, but also just sell them at comic book stores instead of all bookshops, newsstands, and grocery stores like magazines. Justin, Uh, specifically? (laughs) I'm the sort of paper guy uh, on the podcast, I think. Um, I'm, I'm down for that. I mean... I don't know, like, what what do people even want in... I feel like there's such a premium on, like, the glossy pages, double gatefold covers, um, uh, all that stuff more in the 90s, and that's such a less of a thing now. Um, like, when I... The reason I like print comics is because I like to hold them. I'm not trying to get, you know, take a poster like out. Them. I like to yeah. hold them. I like snuggle to with them at night. snuggle with them, cradle them, kiss them a little bit, and then put them down to bed like little babies. <laughs> It was like how I became a, learned to become a father is by taking Aww. care of thousands and thousands of comic books. That's why I bag and board my children every night before I put them to bed. <laughs> it's smart. It's smart. You're going to keep them fresh, dude. You they are have in, my kids are in mint, mint condition. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I, I would like – I don't mind newsprint. I think we could go back to that. If it gets more readers to be able to look at it, to have it be a, a cheaper object, then I'm all for it. Uh, DC tried that a couple of years ago. I don't know if folks remember this, but with Wednesday comics, they were yeah, with they a did. bunch of newsprint style. See, that, that felt like an artistic. What the fuck is that? Sorry, I'm what holding it. I'm holding a stick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ, man. I was like, is that a huge piece of beef jerky? Like, yeah. you give? what is that? Um, I, w- I feel like children and then you got a giant stick in your hand. and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I feel like this is a part of the chair I'm sitting in that broke. Um, a chair I repaired. 
Um, Didn't do a good job. Everyone, this is my murder basement, but this is also my workshop where I fix things around the house. Um, What was I saying? Wednesday Wednesday, Comics. Wednesday Comics was more of an artistic choice, I feel like. I don't think they were trying to be like, this is the future of comics. Uh, Well, they tried, and they were like, if this goes well, it might be, but... I it was really fun and different to kind of see those in the comic book shops and to kind of have that old timey kind of newspaper feel again. I mean, you know, the it's it's a cool kind of thing. You know, holding a comic, even like a newspaper comic, is just different and it's kind of cool to do. Uh, hard to store, hard to keep care of, but still uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I agree with Justin. I mean, first of all, Wednesday Comics is great. If you never checked it out, they collected it. Uh, and it's just superstar artists, superstar writers working together to create that old newspaper feel. And it's really fun. Um, but I don't think there's any backwards at this point. I think there's really only forwards. I know I've been talking about the same thing the entire time we've been doing the show. But digital is where is that, man? And particularly right now when everybody's trapped at home and nobody's going to stores, it's all the more important that they figure out how to make that work. And they've been resisting it in such big ways for so long. Um, You know, just keep going with it. Like I love print comics and I do want to hold print comics. Um, Frankly, like particularly right now, uh, the library, a half an hour walk for me has opened up again. So I've been, uh, taking out of looks, uh, taking out books from the library because just like the mere idea of holding physical books is so much more pleasant. Um, but they haven't, you know, they haven't moved. Comics has not moved forward. Comics is still like it's not accessible. It's become less accessible. It's become more expensive. It's harder to get. Um, the ones that haven't, the ones that have gone online, the ones that go on, you know, Tumblr or whatever. Those are the ones that are getting a lot more notice and a lot more readers. So I don't know. I don't know what they need to do, but they certainly need to do something. You can can move forward on both fronts. But, I mean, just imagine a library, all those books fucking each other on the shelf. (laughs) Right, Pete? It's the ultimate book orgy. Oh, oh man. man, that's fucked up. Uh, just before we end up here, I do want to mention a nice comment from over on uh, YouTube. Michael the two? says, uh, just got here, but wanted to say I recently found your podcast and listen every Wednesday morning on the way to the comic shop. Love it, guys. Ah. Michael, thank you Michael, so much. Michael, drive safe, buddy. Get there safe, man. Drive safe, read hard. Thank you for <laughs> Drive <listening>. safe, <laughs> read hard. Drive uh, hard, read safe. And that's it for the audience questions. We're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Peter LePage. Pete, Pete, do you want to take it from Crowdcast or you want to take it from the tube today? Let's go to the tube this time. The tube? All right. So over on the tube, all you need to do is hand up or I want to play uh, or gimme, 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 or whatever you want to say. First person to do it is going to get to play a little trivia with Pete LePage. Play it. Do a scene with the star of trivia. Oh, boy. Yeah, that would be amazing. What a treat. Right. Absolutely, anybody. We didn't mention this, but you're going to get a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics online. that you can use online. Absolutely yeah. free. Ooh, uh, we got Agitato, hand up. Actually, HUD up. So Close you're enough. Right. Ooh, we, or we got Michael Vinoy, hand up. Came almost simultaneously. 
What do you think, Pete? Do you want to give it to Michael Vinoy because he's the new guy today? Well, I mean, it's your call, man. I, I can't. All right, uh, let's do it. Let's do Michael on. Vinoy. Michael Vinoy over in the YouTube comments. Pete's going to ask you a series of questions. All you got to do is leave the answer there. We're going to kill time a little bit because there's a delay. But from here. And let's remember that the third uh, answer all amounts to one different delay. Flavor of cocaine, I believe. (laughs) You can guess the flavor of cocaine. Pineapple. Pete will send you a small bag of it. I will not. Yeah, $25 and a bag of cocaine courtesy (laughs) Pete LePage is up for grabs. Here we go with trivia. All right, uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news. There it is. Uh, I missed it. This is where I get my news. This is bad. Uh, Question number one. For the upcoming Batman Catwoman number one, there will be some variant covers by Jen Bartel, Gabriel Del Otto, and is it A, Bruce Timm, B, Michelle Buteau, or is it C, Brad Pitt? So it's either A, if you would like $25, or you could pick B, which is an amazing Netflix special by Michelle Buteau, uh, or C, which is not the correct answer as well. Oh, okay. So, Michael, leave your answer in the comment section. Uh, whatever eventually, eventually, the trivia will overtake all other portions of the show, and it'll be Pete sliding his opinions into different answers <laughs> about stuff. Dude, she's fantastic. You, you or is the answer it. B, Justin is talking too much and needs to shut the hell up. Uh, Michael says A. Is it A? A is correct. All right. Nice. Okay, here we go. Question number two. Still on the Batman Catwoman. Who is the artist that is back with Tom King to continue their story? Is it A, Clay Man, B, Clay Matthews, or is it C, Pink? Mm. So it's either A, or you're completely wrong. Interesting. Mm. I would personally go for A, but I guess we'll see what Michael does. That's a great call, Alex. I like that you're sort of tipping it a little bit. Alex Alex Trebek does that as well. Mm -hmm. He's like well, he's I always would've... like just throwing out the actual answers of the things. Yeah, <laughs> sure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would say what is. Oh, he says, <laughs> he says a. Michael says a. Nice. nice. All right, here we go. Last one, and Hollywood Homer is correct. Uh, Marvel has announced eight names of new artists at Marvel, and they call them blank. Is it a Stormbreakers, B Young Guns? Or is it C, Hugo Weaving? Mm. So it's either A, and you will win $25 in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics, or you could pick B or C. Hmm. Uh, Pete, quick question while we're waiting. Um, do you mean Hugo, comma, Weaving? Or do you mean the actor Hugo Weaving? I mean the actor Hugo Weaving. Uh, I got you. Okay. Just a little point of clarification. Always trying to just get the most topical comic news out there. I appreciate, Great question. I appreciate it. Uh, Pablo, by the way, says happy birthday to both Justin and Alex. Uh, thank you. It's not my birthday, but it's coming up. Yeah, it's soon. Uh, ooh, Michael says, fuck, I'm torn. A eh? nice job, Michael. Nice job. Yeah. Used uh, to be called Young Guns, but now they changed it to Stormbreakers. Oh, boy. That's great. 
Nice. Uh, that's great. Thanks for taking out the guns. Uh, defund the Marvel artists, I always um, say. <laughs> and uh, and again, uh, it is uh, the third answer equals happy feet, too. Nice. Uh, excellent. Uh, Michael, congratulations. You've gotten a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we will get that right off to you. Now, before we start to wrap up here... Wait, there's one little uh, note I want to say. Edward Doherty says, can you make Pete do trivia without access to IMDb next week? Oh. <laughs> then I would have to repeat the Robin Williams movie. So, you know, I'm trying to not repeat and get them all done. Um, when maybe you, after I can go back and do that. That when was your catchphrase, though. You almost said his catchphrase where he was always like, get her done. That's right. right. He was. Get her done. Larry the Cable Guy. You're not thinking of. Larry. I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's Robin Williams. No, no, no. Nope. Uh, no. The Cable Guy was Jerry. You're thinking Jim Carrey. Yes. No, no, right. no, no, no. Get her done. Robin Larry Williams. the Cable Guy. No, he was all, uh, Robin Williams is like, you finna the giant doubtfire. Get her done. <laughs> I believe is what he said. Jumanji, get her done. Now, Pete, when you're scrolling down the very rock bottom of Robin Williams IMDb, do you ever get a message from IMDb that are like, are you all right, <laughs> sir? No. no sir, I, I, can we help you? No, it's usually, hey, welcome back, man. Thanks for going to the same page every single week. We hey, don't this think is, you're weird. Uh, I'm uh, Mr. IMDb, the creator of IMDb, and uh, thank you. For supporting our website. (laughs) As we all know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day. Wherever you go, make it a safe place. But what are you looking forward to, Pete? Oh, man, a lot of of great stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Far Sector number eight. Um, Mm. And I'm very excited that the uh, Marvel books are doing the, the Gathering of the Swords is enjoyable. Oh, man. Oh, what? You like it? Wow, yeah. it's going to be an exciting stack. We're actually talking about all three uh, Ten of Swords books that are coming out tomorrow. So I'm My I'm suddenly favorite. feeling much peppier about taping this one. Justin, what about you? Um, I am looking forward to oh uh, let's, um, let's stretch it out a little bit more, buddy. Why don't you just well, take a little bit more time, see if you can come up with something. I'm just torn between a couple different things because I liked a lot of uh, issues. I really liked the um, – I really am looking forward to, that is, the new issue of uh, Black Widow uh, that comes mm-hmm, out mm-hmm, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like um, the Adventure Man uh, comic um, over from Image Comics by Matt Fraction and the Dodsons, which is really um, – it's taking its time to really get into the story, something that I thought was going to be super premise forward. And they're actually really doing a good job of fleshing out the world in a way that a lot of comics don't have the time to do these days. Uh, both of you have changed and I'm disappointed in you. I'm going to call out lock and key in, but wow. go number two is coming out from IDW tomorrow. Uh, can't wait. Very excited to chat about that one and all of these other books on the stack uh, that, of course, uh, comes in the comic book club feed as well as its own stack feed every Wednesday at 9 a.m. We're going to have a slew of reviews for you coming up this next week. And, folks, 
That's it for our show. Couple, yeah, we yeah. want to thank before we go. We want to thank all of our guests for coming on. We want to thank Ali Keller and Jim Bagan for talking about Zero Issue. We want to thank Omar Spahi and Cena Griffin for talking about Getting It Together, which is out from Image Comics tomorrow. Next week on the show, we get another packed show. We're going to be talking to you, Adam Lawson from the Kill Journal, Garrett Gunn from Warcorns, Combat Unicorns for Hire, and Fabian Desuiza is going to be here to talk about Juggernaut as well as the upcoming book Outrage, and I'm sure many more things and yes razz us about deadpool stuff and other things like that uh so there you go a couple of other things to plug let's hear it for the boys as mentioned earlier the podcast our boys podcast is wrapping it up for season two that's coming up this week so that's pretty exciting umbrella podcademy our umbrella academy podcast is wrapping up season one finally we'll have that about episode time. out this week about time you Those jerks uh i include myself in that you jerks patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show and all the other shows we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. Comic Book Club Live to come for this podcast more at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Uh, and also, thank you to Kimmy Gatewood, who recorded our song. Yeah. And a shout out to Glow, which was unfairly oh, fucking canceled bullshit. by Netflix this week. Fucking Netflix. Uncanceled Glow. Bring it yeah, back. We want season back. four. Oh, hashtag safe blow. Safe blow. Peace out, Benny. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.